Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan, and today I'm going to talk about bowling and the conservation of momentum. Back when I was a poor college student, one of our family's favorite activities was bowling. The reason for this was simple. It was cheap. The local college had a deal where you could bowl at their on-campus bowling alley for around 50 cents per game. One of the best things about bowling, aside from the obligatory nachos, is that it provides a great setting for discussing the law of conservation of momentum. Before we conserve our momentum, though, I want to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Smart Talk. If you've ever struggled with a conversation or wished you were better at persuasion, check out Smart Talk, the public speaker's guide to success in every situation. A new release from my friend Lisa Marshall. It's no ordinary book. It's a Swiss army knife of communications for personal and professional success. You can learn about it in three fun ways. You can take the challenge for a chance to win an iPod mini, test your communications IQ, or get Smart Talk tips sent directly to your phone. Visit smarttalksuccess.com today. Even though my poor college days are behind me, I still love to take my family bowling. When we take our young children, they always request the ramp. The ramp is a slightly broken-looking steel frame that you can set a ball on top of, give it a slight push, and send it rolling down an incline and down the bowling lane. The kids love the ramp because it makes their ball go straight. But despite that increased accuracy, they're sometimes disappointed that the ramp doesn't give them the dynamic bowling pin explosion that my ball causes, on the rare occasion when it actually stays out of the gutter. Their first guess as to why this happens is that they were using lighter bowling balls. What's a 6-pound ball compared to a 10- or 12-pound ball, right? So they ran off to get a heavier ball. The heavier ball did help, but there was still something missing. They still lacked some key ingredient that was needed to send those bowling pins into a violent explosion. What their bowling balls lacked was velocity. Back in 1687, when Isaac Newton wrote his great work, Principia, some of the phrasing he used has led some scientists to think that although he was writing about motion in general, what he really was talking about was momentum. Momentum is the mass of an object multiplied by its velocity. This means that while you might be able to catch a 90-mile-per-hour fastball, you probably can't catch a 90-mile-per-hour truck. The fact that the truck has much more mass than a fastball means that it has a lot more momentum than the fastest fastball could ever hope to achieve. The law of conservation of momentum can be mathematically calculated as a direct result of applying Newton's three laws of motion, which we talked about in last week's episode. The law states that if two particles interact in a closed system, the total momentum of the two particles stays constant. In other words, if there are no other forces acting on two objects, when they collide, the momentum of the first object plus the momentum of the second object before they collide is equal to the momentum of the two objects after they collide. So getting back to bowling, if you have a 10-pound bowling ball rolling down the lane at 15 miles per hour, which is about average, and it hits a single three-pound bowling pin, some of the bowling ball's momentum is going to be transferred to the pin. Assuming that the bowling ball doesn't break, 
and that it slows down to about 10 miles per hour after the collision, we can figure out the momentum of the bowling ball after the collision using this formula. On the left side of the equation, we have the state of the objects prior to the collision. So we have a 10-pound bowling ball going 15 miles per hour. And then we add to that the momentum of a 3-pound bowling pin going 0 miles per hour. Now, since the bowling pin's not moving, it doesn't have any momentum, so we can ignore it and just calculate the bowling ball's momentum. On the other side of the equation, we have the state of the objects after the collision. So we have 10-pound bowling ball going 10 miles per hour and a 3-pound bowling pin, and we want to figure out what its velocity is. If we calculate all that and solve for the unknown velocity of the bowling pin, we get around 16.7 miles per hour. So if what we said before was true, after the ball hits the pin, the pin will have a velocity of 16.7 miles per hour. Now in the real world, things don't work out quite like that. For one thing, the ball loses velocity due to friction and drag as it travels down the lane. For another thing, the ball often strikes more than one pin, and then those pins strike each other, which muddles things up even more. But if we ignore friction and drag, each time the pins run into each other, their momentum is conserved. So if this momentum stuff is true, and the momentum equals mass times velocity, then isn't it always better to use the heaviest bowling ball available for the maximum explosiveness? Well, yes, but only if you're really, really strong. The thing about velocity is that it's brought about through acceleration. And as we learned about in the episode on Newton's three laws of motion, the second law of motion says that it takes a lot more force to accelerate a 10-pound ball than it does to accelerate a 6-pound ball. So while a 10-pound ball would have more momentum than a 6-pound ball, if they were going at the same velocity, it takes a lot more force to get the 10-pound ball to reach that velocity. This principle explains why no matter how heavy a ball the kids used with their ramp, they could never achieve the same dramatic effect with the pins that I could, assuming I actually hit the pins. Their bowling ball never reached the same velocity as mine did. So that concludes our trip to the bowling alley and our introduction to the law of conservation of momentum. As you might have guessed, the law of conservation of momentum isn't limited to the bowling alley. It's also the principle behind why you can hit a home run, why you can sink an eight ball in the corner pocket, and why you can land a hole-in-one. Anytime a sport involves one thing hitting something else, the law of conservation of momentum is on hand to make sure things behave properly. If you liked today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash qdteinstein. Once again, if you've ever struggled with a conversation or wished you were better at persuasion, check out Smart Talk, the public speaker's guide to success in every situation. A new release from Lisa B. Marshall? You can find out more at smarttalksuccess.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Lee Phelan, with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tip for making sense of science. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.